smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, September 3rd. I am here with Cliff Schechter. Hello, John. How are Hello, you? Hello, Cliff. I am good. Um, and our guest today, Amanda Carpenter. Hi, Amanda. Hey, guys. Amanda, Hello. you guys probably know, is a... Um, well, I don't know if you're still a conservative Republican. We'll get into that in the interview. But a um, former staffer. Or a Republican. We don't know if she's either. We don't even know if she's a Republican, but she certainly was a very strong one so previously. So many secrets are going to be told. So many <laughs> secrets. <laughs> so much yeah. to so reveal. We'll laugh, we'll cry. Um, but she's currently a columnist at The Bulwark, which is the publication put together by, isn't it? Charlie. I was going to say Charlie. What's yeah, Charlie name? Sykes. Uh, oh, Charlie Sykes. You know, yeah. A longtime Wisconsin radio guy. Uh, Bill Crystal is one of the co-founders, and we've got Tim Miller and just a, a wonderful crew yep. over there. Right. Charlie is a former Jeb Bush guy, among other. Yep. Yeah. And she's also a CNN contributor. But, you know, my introduction to Charlie was years ago working on some gay rights issue. And either he or his show called me directly and said they wanted to interview me about. And, you know, he was a conservative show, whatever, in Wisconsin. And I'm thinking, Oh, Jesus Christ, conservative radio in Wisconsin? I'm not going <laughs> on that. Right, imagine. And either he or the person interviewed said, no, 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 you don't understand. He's actually on your side. Like, he's a good guy. And I said, get out of here. It was a wonderful interview. He was totally supportive. It, and this is, mind you, like in the 2000s, when you really would be a little more worried about somebody saying, oh, yeah, I'm a conservative on your side. Sure you are. So anyway, very. that was my intro to Charlie, which I was very impressed. But um. But folks, Amanda's book that she put out maybe a year, year and a half ago is, tell people the title. Gaslighting America, Why We Love It When Trump Lies to Us. And it was a, a whole, I remember at the time because we, we read it, it was a whole look at sort of just the, you really broke it down sort of how Trump is not just lying, but the whole concept of gaslighting is, um, I guess it's based on a famous old play, which might be based on something else in a movie, Gaslight of wouldn't they they were trying to drive this woman crazy by convincing her that things were happening that weren't or whatever right yeah, it, was, the... it was her husband who had committed a murder and he was um hiding the evidence upstairs but every time he'd go upstairs to check on things uh the, the gaslight in the house would go uh, up and down the lights would flicker and so he slowly tried Ooh, to convince her that she wasn't seeing anything and she most certainly was and, oh, and that's kind oh. of, you know, gaslighting is a manipulation strategy. Um, it happens a lot in personal relationships where slowly with all the lies, you go crazy, um, become hysterical, calling them out because you know what you see, or you right. just succumb to it, right? You, you just can't fight it anymore and you believe right. the lies. And so, you know, I looked at that it, and saw very early on. That is I was going to say, Donald wasn't Trump this the beginning? Yeah. You, yeah. Didn't you write an article either before or right after he won about this? Yeah, I actually started writing this book uh, during, well, the idea for it during the 2016 Democratic Convention. I was going to say, I, I remember you came up with it even before he got in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I talked to a publisher and they're like, well, how, did, how does it end? And I said, well. You know, we don't know yet. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so ideally, you know, he consumes himself with the flames. Like, he lights himself on fire and goes down. Um, and they're like, eh, that's not really a good idea. Don't like that book. And then in the interim, after he won, like that phrase gaslighting really took fire. Right. And uh, yeah, the publisher really came back and said, well, could you do it now that he's president? I'm like, well, yeah, definitely. Cause he's not going to stop. Yeah. Um, and so that's, and the book came out in May, 2018. 
I wish it had come out earlier. I tried hard to get it out earlier. Books um, are not easy to write. No, um, and the book publishing business is so slow. They I really, mean, I mean, compared to how much all other media has sped up, book publishing is still, yeah, it's still slow. Yeah. Um, but the general concept there, I, I would say, I think it's important for people to understand because it's it's not just Trump, sadly. I mean, this is sort of the playbook of authoritarians everywhere. You know, I mean, Vladimir Putin is a perfect example. There are many others, which is to, of course, you know, tell you what your eyes see and what your ears hear and all is not really happening to the point of where you don't know what's true and what's not true anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think we can all feel it. Like, it's exhausting. It is. To fight all these lies constantly. I mean, aren't we all kind of fried? with constant tension headaches yep. just tired of it all and just because even the stupid the things like that's the thing he 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 so is such a he's so pathological about it that you know trump will lie about the dumbest things that don't need to be like hey the veterans bill that was mine i mean i guess maybe that does in his mind make him look better that obama passed or whatever but i mean the stupidest things he lies about it's incredible like his yeah. height right and <laughs> it, it, the mental strain on the constant fact checking and i think you can see this in, in the news media, the people who are actually tasked with fact-checking. I mean, not everybody is like a machine like Daniel Dale who can spit this stuff out in three minutes in reaction to uh, a Donald Trump press conference. But the challenge of fact-checking in real time, like say when you're sitting down in an interview with somebody, to intake the information, process it, and then have the other information in the background to refute it so quickly – it's it's damn yeah. near impossible, right. especially on television yeah. where Donald Trump can just do this whole oh. fire assault. And when they lie about Wait, everything let, let, too, yeah. right? Because you don't know what the lies are going to be. So. Exactly. Let me give you let me give you guys an example because I just watched it this morning. So Jim Shooto, who I really like on CNN, he was interviewing Hogan Gidley the other day, right? The mm -hmm. kind of guy with a drawl, White Never House, thought. deputy communications, whatever. Mm -hmm. And mind you, he like Kaylee, I noticed it the other day, his Twitter profile starts with Christ, mm -hmm. which as a Christian drives me nuts because it whatever, but well, whatever. But so he's Jesus, like super Jesus said about being modest. About well, religion, for exactly. I just, it, it always annoys me with people who also, because my religious background is not like wearing it on your sleeve, but if you're going to wear it on the sleeve, then Jesus, at Dude, least the people I believe, it, right? I just say, but the people I believe yeah. least of all, and then I'll let you continue, John, that's like right. Yeah. Marco Rubio and the people who are sending out Bible quotes that immediately makes oh, me yeah. believe that you don't believe any of it. You know, There's something case. weird about it. In any case, so Hogan gets out there and Jim Jim comes on this morning and says, well, you know, I had Hogan Gidley on the other day and here's an exchange we had. And he's talking about you know, Russia. Oh, you people always bring up Russia. Donald Trump himself came out and said that that told Russia not to meddle in our elections. And he's like, no, he didn't. Yes, mm -hmm. he multiple times. Well, if I get you the video, will you play it? He goes, sure. He goes, let me show you. The <laughs> this is great for you. He goes, let me play you the video. You decide what you see. It was the clip of Trump and Putin sitting in their little gilded chairs in Helsinki at the summit. And a reporter asks and says, why have you never told the Russians to, you know, not interfere? He goes, okay, hey, Putin, don't interfere in our elections, okay? And Putin laughs. That yeah. was the White House's proof. I mean, and again, it, like you said, it's first of all, it's gaslighting because they will say, hey, there's video. And, and the viewers go, well, he said there's video. Yeah, you know, just now. Now I'm confused. Maybe it's in between. And of Whereas all the like, tapes, yeah. of Donald Trump, yeah. you expect a video producer to know what clip to go rack Bingo. at that exact moment. Yeah, and like I said, it's a, it's impossible. I almost think he should do these interviews on tape, taped. Yeah, and I then agree. say, okay, go back. Let's let's tell me the video. We'll put it in the clip right now. But Trump would probably second, refuse seven, to do that, but they should demand it. A seven second lie delay. <laughs> hey, that would be an 
It's yeah, it's an interesting idea. No, because it is so. You need the people in the background, and I, I'm always sitting here, kind of yelling at the screen, going, "Where's your freaking producer?" Because you should have. You need somebody like us in the background, who's going, "No, this is what." Or Daniel Dale, frankly, on your earpiece. No, no, no. This is what it is. I don't know how Dale does it. I think I he's gonna. I hope he doesn't collapse at the end of I this. I think he election. honestly needs yeah. to, to after November, just like smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> he may not have a job after November. No, What's he? He, I mean, he, he, needs to, yeah. he needs to go somewhere like Bali. Of course, we're not allowed to go anywhere because of Donald Trump. So, oh, can I tell you? He'll have a job after November. Oh. This is the thing. Trump is never going away. I don't oh, mean he's no. never going to leave the White House, but right. he's still going to control the Republican Party Thank until you. he can't. Right? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah. Because this drives me like what so much analysis out there is, you know, well, they're just doing it, you know, while he's in power and when he's gone. I'm like, okay, guys, mm-hmm. do you understand? Unless one of these things he's going to Walter Reed for means that he's no longer with us. As long as he is with us, he, he, there's, I mean, if you know his personality, which we do, he's got his Twitter account. He'll probably still have his standing imitation at Fox and Friends. Otherwise, he'll rip on Fox more and push more people to OAN or whatever, and you know, and these other networks. And he'll still have a huge microphone. He'll be in every Republican primary because he gets off on that. He loves yeah. the power. He, he loves loses, the attention. If he loses, he's going to threaten to run again. Of course. Yeah. Like, duh. And then Don Jr. is going to be kicking around. I, yep. you know, They're not going that, anywhere. Thinking that he's going to start a, a news network or OAN. I think that's the least of it. If you watch what yeah. Don Jr. is doing with Charlie Kirk and the political infrastructure they're building, yeah. I, I, I can see a hybrid news political action network yeah, that right. on day one of Joe Biden's presidency, yeah, yeah. they'll threaten every Republican. If you don't work to impeach him now because of whatever yeah. fake conspiracy they created, uh, probably Chinese counterfeit ballots, right? Yeah. That's where they're going now. Yeah. Um, if you don't investigate and impeach him, we're going to primary you. And all the other networks, to be clear, you're right. This may be the big dominant thing, but it, it will be echoed by the Breitbarts of the world and all these other places. And, of course, the Russians will still be amplifying it unless they found a way to rid themselves of Vladimir Putin by then, which I think is rather unlikely. And, I mean, it, you know, the, the people that I see this analysis that, you know, if once Trump's gone, I'm like – what mm-hmm. what do you guys not get that he will still yeah. own the Republican Party as long as he's alive? And your point is great, too. Even when he's not alive, Donald Trump Jr. will. I mean, you know, this has not been a hard takeover for them. It's been pretty yeah. easy. And, and how much do? does the media yeah. love dynasties? Like this drama yeah. and palace injury between who's the heir, Ivanka or Don Jr. Right. Is going to be like succession, but like, you know, on. in reality. And then you're going to have with the dumb people. Kushner yeah. camp and you're going to have. You know the Christie Gnome, uh, Charlie Kirk, well, John Jr. can't. I mean, what are, you, I what are Republicans? This. I mean, we've asked you this before, but like, what do you do as a Republican to just get your party back? Beat them, beat them. Yeah, but but if you beat them, I mean, okay, no, no, we beat them in November, sure. But as you said, Trump and Don Jr. I mean, the fact that Don Jr. and Ivanka think they have a history, in, uh, uh, I mean, a future in politics, dear lord. But you're right, though. They're going to rabble rouse and form some crazy group and threaten Republicans. So won't we be back to where we were, where they're still threatening the Republicans, the Republicans still kowtow? Yeah, listen, we all agree Trumpism isn't going away. It's the the only thing we can do is mitigate the degrees of influence. And that comes with beating them by the biggest margins possible. The bigger the margin, the less chance they have of a comeback. It's not going away. It's just a matter of how loud it's going to be. I mean, I, I look at the stuff. I don't know if you saw Alara Trump, who's like, you know, one yeah. of their main campaign people. She was campaigning with Laura Loomer in Florida yesterday. Yeah, who, yeah. Campaigning to be Donald Trump's representative. And, and tell I mean, people, been, tell people who Laura Loomer is and why she's 
fetch it. Well, she, uh, <laughs> her claim to fame now is the most banned woman in media because she's been kicked off every social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, because she's such a raging bigot. She was, she was banned. I have to say that she was banned from Uber Eats because oh. she demanded that they only send non-Muslim uh, no. delivery. Oh, oh seriously. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Oh I mean, I hate to God. laugh because obviously the discriminatory aspect oh. of it, but, but that's so how crazy. fucking and, nuts and, she and is. And Laura Trump, who sees herself, I mean, if you watch the Trump TV online videos, I mean, she sees herself as a star. There, there's no doubt about it. And there she is, linking arms with Laura Loomer. And this is Eric's wife, Eric Trump's yes. wife. Yes. Yep. Wow. I honestly feel like one of, I mean, one of two things has to happen, and neither of them are, are easy. It's either everybody's sane from conservatives on over to sort of moderate Republicans have to leave and try to form something else. And there's a big group. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got Joe Walsh and, you know, Rick Snyder, who just came out and endorsed Biden today, the former governor of Michigan, Republican, is pretty conservative. I don't think anybody would call him a moderate, um, although he did say there he's supporting other Republicans. So he's not leaving the party. But you almost either need that breadth of folks who just are like, hi, we're all not crazy conspiracy theorists to start something new. Or you need the kind of investment in money and infrastructure uh, for moderate republicanism or even just normal sane conservative republicanism to to start challenging in these primaries so they're not all won by the i'm not a witch type people mm-hmm. and it's tough to do right I, I don't think you've ever seen so many republicans come out and oppose the sitting president of their own party and that is reassuring right i mean from all the national security officials to former sitting members of congress every dang day there's a new letter of 50 some guys coming out and saying, I'm a Republican, but I'm not supporting Trump. I'm going to vote for Biden. And that's been due to a lot of work by people uh, like Sarah Longwell, who founded Republican Voters Against Trump, and post those videos of just real regular people saying, oh, my God, this is this is the biggest mistake I've made in my life. I feel so guilty. And you watch these testimonials. I mean, people legit tears in their eyes saying, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And yeah, you can fault them for like, how could you not? But once people have made that term, you've got to give them a landing space and make them feel like, OK, you can still be a Republican and recognize this has to stop. You can put your country over party because the party is just garbage right now. Um, well, and you understand all this better. So you're a great person to sort of even explain it to us. I mean, I think those of us in the other party or other organizations in general in life get this, that that there's – you have a tribe, essentially a group, and it's your social relationships and it's your, you know, it's your family, right? I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to walk away from that. Yeah, definitely. I Especially mean, if you were, I mean, even just a regular, you know, chamber of commerce business leader in a community, he's always shown up to the Republican events to say, you know, I, I'm going to sit this one out because that, that influence is so strong. Um, but th- there's been very positive things happening that are notable. And I, I think those types of things are probably more important than say, you know, what the Lincoln project does is great, but that's more important than the grabby ad trolling the president, the the work of real Republicans coming together and saying, you know what, I'm going to stick my neck out, you know, like a Charlie Dent, who says from uh, former congressman from Pennsylvania, who says, you know, he retired because it just was getting too crazy. I mean, a lot of Republicans have left. I mean, a Jeff like Bob Corker. I mean, there's been a slow exodus. And the old saying was during Reagan, I didn't leave the party. The party left me. This is different. Trump has pushed these people out of the party. He's, you know, this is not a big tent. 
He only wants his loyalists. He only wants the guys, you know, driving trucks in the streets with Trump flags in the back. Those that's that's the tent. That's their party. And people are looking at that and saying, that's I don't I don't want to go to that party, you know, and they're being shoved out because they won't go along with it. And now, folks, we've got a quick break for one of our advertisers, and we will be right back with Amanda Carpenter. So, Cliff, did you know that bacteria and viruses live everywhere? I've read that somewhere. Even in soup, I will bet you. Uh, Your phone, (laughs) earbuds, your phone, (laughs) you can throw them. Your phone, earbuds, car keys, groceries, packages, wallet, even your face mask. Sanitizing these items is an important part of staying safe and healthy, but it can also mean using harmful chemicals that constantly need to be replaced. Hmm. The clean phone line of, I was like, if they're harmful, don't replace them. The clean phone line of products changes all that. The clean phone brand offers a full range of sanitizing products that use ultraviolet light. This is the same technology used to hospital to sanitize hospital rooms and medical equipment. The clean phone products have been tested by independent laboratories and provide the best quality UV sanitizing for every need. The clean phone is a device designed for phones and household items. It even works as a wireless charger for your cell phone. And now add the new clean phone wand. Oh, that's right. The wand, remember? Vo, vo, vo. Oh, yes. Where John makes jokes hand- inappropriate. Makes inappropriate jokes about our customer, about our client. Uh, a portable handheld unit that can go anywhere and be used to sanitize tablets, computers, packages, groceries, and more. Which actually, if if you have to travel or if you have to work at a place, that's not a terrible idea. Um, go because I was realizing the other day. By the way, I was out and I realized I came home and washed my hands, but that I checked my phone while I was out a lot. Yep. And that's one thing I don't keep thinking of, which is the phone is in your pocket. You pick it up later. You haven't cleaned. I don't clean the phone when I come home and maybe I should, but now I worry my pocket is just, you know, my pocket needs to be UV. I got you. Right. So go to the new deal. They should have a clothes cleaner with the, with this thing. Go to the new deal shop.com to select the right clean phone products for you. Get free FedEx two day shipping and an added bonus. Get 10% off FDA authorized respirator face masks. Go to the new deal shop.com. Now that's a free FedEx two day shipping and a bonus 10% off FDA authorized respirator face masks at the new deal shop.com. Go there now. And now Ooh. we're back. And now we're back with Amanda Carpenter. Amanda. Two years ago, we had you on when you're, it must've been around two years. Cause it was when your book came out. And I remember at the time, um, to me, at least you seemed rather lonely. And I mean that in the sense that, you know, mm. you seemed, I just got the impression that you were very isolated, you know, that you were, you Rick Wilson, there were a few, you know, David from, there were a few lone voices out there, but it, 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 it just seemed, I almost remember the interview being a little, almost, I mean, all of us being a little despondent, like, yeah, he's taken over. Are you getting any better, uh, anecdotally, It does it feel any better for you now? Are you hearing from more Republicans that are, I mean, I I hear from family members who are Republicans and their friends telling me, oh yeah, I would never vote for this guy again. He's nuts. You know, are you getting more of that now? Or does it still feel like most Republicans are just like, oh no, he's, he's great. No, it's far better now. I mean, it's still oh. very tough. Uh, yeah, when, probably I'm trying to think back when I spoke to you. But yeah, I read the book came out for two yeah, years ago. I'd it had to be written the book yeah. where I kind of just laid it all on the line saying, this is how he destroys the party and will destroy America essentially with all these lies. This is how he does it. And I feel like I was treated sort of like a curiosity. I mean, <laughs> even when I wrote that book, people in the media would say, well, aren't you, you know, when are you going to just support Republicans? And, you know, even for, you know, interviews, can, can we book, like, where are you? It's like, it's not clear. Like never, <laughs> never Trump means never, like never. And yeah. the word's actually uh, in there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, people didn't, didn't get it even then. And it's like, I can see all this stuff coming. This is going to be bad. 
Um, and so I feel like there was a lot of us just floating around. You know, I was trying to find a place to write. Um, you know, I could write an article here and there for Politico, just kind of being this curious Republican speaking out against Trump. Right. Um, but now, but now I feel like I've, I've found a landing place. I'm with the bulwark people who are all great. You know, we all understand what's at stake here and we're all putting it out there. And so that, that helps immensely in, you know, seeing the videos from Republican voters against Trump, seeing the coalitions of people, whether it be from the national security community or former members of Congress, that, that reassures you, you're not crazy. I mean, it gets back to the gaslighting thing. It's like, am I the only one seeing this? No, we're all seeing it. And so having people coming together and saying, you know what, it's okay. We're, we're all going to do this. We're going to hold hands and jump and oppose Trump and whatever happens, happens. And we'll just deal with it later. That, yeah, it, it's, it's still very tough. It's still extremely scary. I, and that's for everybody. It's not just Republicans who are opposing Trump. Um, yeah. But you, there, there's stuff yeah. happening. There's, it, there's movement. There's good things happening. You know, some one question I sort of like to ask the the anti-Trump Republicans who come on the show is, do you um, oh shoot, as I'm saying this, the question goes out of my mind. There, that's a classic. That that's a classic me moment. <laughs> I'm going. I'm trying to slow down my speech to not be like frenetic guy on the radio, <laughs> and of course, I'm slowing down so far that it's like, oh yeah, that thought's gone. Um, oh, I know. What I was going to ask you is, and maybe you don't have a message because they're not your audience. I mean, your audience, I assume, would be. Uh, swing voters in the middle, or even moderate Republicans, or not even moderate well, Republicans, conservatives who Repu- can't support this. I was going to say Republicans with a conscience, but because my question was going to be, you know, some of our listeners <clears throat> don't like when we have the Never Trump Republicans on. They say, "Oh, these guys are still conservatives, and we don't like their views." On blah 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 blah, and I'm always like, "Well, but that's not, you know, we're not having Amanda on to convince you guys to not be lefties anymore. <laughs> we're having her on, well, a to be interesting for you, but b much more importantly to disseminate a message." that can help us win by winning the middle or yeah, whatever. And, but but what do you say too, to people on the left who just don't trust you or Rick or anybody else? They say, you're a bunch of Republicans. If Biden wins, you're just going to go back to being evil and supporting bad stuff. Well, you know. do you want to win? Do you guys want to win? Are you interested in seeing a right of center perspective that can help you get swing voters so you can get Biden in office? I mean, here's where I come down and I would hope that everyone can agree. I, I, I can have a fair fight on policy, you know, whether, you know, spending, federal programs, those are fair fights. Where we can't have fair fights are on a commander in chief who has a terrible personality. There are no breaks on that system with the Republicans that we have uh, backing him up in Congress right now. We, we can't fight that. That's not a, that's not a fair fight. He can direct uh, executive agencies to do what he wants. He he has a free pass. And so if we can agree to reset and there are Republicans saying we are willing to reset with Joe Biden um, so we can have a fair fight again, I, I would hope that progressives would be willing to hear that out. I'm going to actually take it a step further, if you don't mind. Um, I think if you really understand, if, let's put it this way, if you believe in our system, if you believe in democracy, you being one, all right, and, and I'm talking to our listeners now, and you understand that this whole system is based upon solving things with, with solving via compromise, via ballots instead of bullets, and all that. We need a center right party and a center right perspective. All right, uh, you know, like we need, as far as I'm concerned, the Dick Lugers and George Voinoviches and people like that of the past who, in good faith, 
would argue, debate, disagree with you. Um, and then, you know, you figure out because any one party states don't work. I, I think everybody understands mm -hmm. that. So if people think that if the Democrats take everything over and run everything and there's no opposition, that that's not going to become a problem at some point, you're fooling yourselves. Like we need at least two vibrant parties for a democracy to work. And, uh, you know, if that's where you you say you are at this point, Amanda, I mean, I'm interested in, in you know, where you stand on things. If you've seen an evolution in, in some of your political beliefs, because we all know sometimes when you work for the party, you have to adhere to just about everything. And so I can ask you that in a second. But if where you see yourself as, as a center right, you know, person who supports those kinds of policies, probably, you know, I would disagree with you on a lot of things. And we'd argue over whether the free market might be a better way to get to a result or the government might be able to get to a result. That's what we need. That's what we want in a democracy, a healthy, thriving democracy. So, you know, I want your voice out there and others like it that, that you know, don't see me and John as people to, to you know, to, to destroy, but as people that, that are, are on the opposite sides are often from you in a thriving democracy. Right. I mean, am I making any sense or am I? No, no, that, that's all right. I mean, we all need balance. Like in writing, everybody needs an editor to catch mistakes and we need parties to balance each other out so they don't, don't go too far. Or they recognize their blind spots when it comes to, you know, whatever federal program or policy that might be enacted. That's just that's just good governance. Um, but we're not there right now. Right. Like everything is based on motives, owning the liberals, hating your political enemy in grinding them down into a political pulp. And that's, that's not healthy. I mean, we did do, no, we, th I guess what's hard for me too, and I agree with you, but what's hard for me is <clears throat> when you look back, I mean, I was always working on gay rights stuff a lot. Right. And, you know, it felt like we weren't just disagreeing with people. People were dehumanizing us to Jesse Helms and everything else. So there's an aspect of the stuff going on today. And I think this is also why I think some of those people on the left, uh, meaning, uh, well, I'm trying not to speak for me necessarily, but people will get sort of bitchy about all of this because they feel like, well, no, it was it was really bad. The discussion we had on gay rights. I mean, it was it was sickening. It was dehumanizing. It wasn't just disagreeing and, and you know, with a lot of people just having a, a disagreement. And saying, well, explain to me the civil rights aspect. Right. They were talking about whether, whether we were pedophiles and pedophiles and on trans people, the stuff they're saying about trans people today. And Trump is going all in on that with his people. But, you know, it's the kind of stuff they were saying before, you know, beware the uh, well for gays first, beware the bathrooms and now trans beware the bathrooms. And I think maybe that's what gets people upset is there's there's a feeling that, you know, Trump didn't create this. You know, this is maybe the almost they almost feel like it's the logical extension of where the Republican Party was heading. You know, I mean, so that, yeah, it's really bad now, but didn't what came before help influence what it became now? See, I guess I don't see Trump as a policy leader. He's not fighting on those issues. Right. right. I see him more as a product of a uh, broken media environment where you gain power based on being provocative and controversial. And that's how you consolidate and get power. And the Republican Party is essentially just a social media creature at this point that takes its cues based on clicks and following whatever Donald Trump says. I, I, are we having policy fights right now? I, I, I would say not. Like, it's all based on conspiracy Isn't theories. next week infrastructure week? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Donald Trump's health care plan. I'm sure it'll be here anytime. Yeah. And I would say, too, you know, your friends who are active on gay rights issues, 
you guys won that fight, right? Yes. Does it feel, I mean, I feel like the people I talk to aren't interested in doing that. I mean, I don't have a connection to Jesse Helms and. Yeah. yeah. But the Trump, so, the Trumpers but, are happy to sort of, especially on trans stuff, the Trumpers are happy to go crazy on trans stuff, you know, and it's, it just, yeah. and, and they were before. I mean, I, I guess that that's the only thing is there's a. Yeah, I guess all, I feel like yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's a sign you've won because they push that issue more to the fringe to try to keep it active. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess say fringe, it, yeah. but maybe on, impacting yeah. a fewer amount of people. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, I just, I don't see that as an actual legitimate fight that's being waged in Washington in any way, shape or form. It's happening. Right. It's more just a sort of uh, a cultural, cultural. Yeah. It's happening on relic. Yeah. yeah. And maybe well, I'm, it, I'm, I'm wrong it, because I don't, I don't follow that issue incredibly closely. Well, also, I mean, to be honest, I, I hate to say I don't care because I don't want to piss off some of, some of our listeners, but I really don't care. I mean, I, I always I always say ironically, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Ahead, well, sorry. no, but I laugh because you said, uh, do you want to win? And that's what I'm always telling people on Twitter when they're complaining about Rick Wilson or Lincoln Project. I'm like, do you or they're complaining because, you know, somebody came up and I love it with the uh, hashtag strokeahontas for Trump the other day for his mini stroke. Where he's freaking out, tweeting repeatedly. I did not have many strokes. I, I not have many strokes. Um, nobody has actually reported that you did. Yeah, nobody reported he did. But, much, but, my friend. but he jumped to it, and now we're all going, hmm, why were you worried about many strokes? And so we've been putting strokeahontas down, and they're freaking out because, oh my God, it's racist and it's ableist. And I'm like, okay, first of all, no one's calling him Native American, so it's not racist, actually. The name isn't being used to say he's Native American. Ableist? Well, you know, if Trump is going to want to discuss Biden's health and also, frankly, work with the Russians, because the Russians are the ones that are really pushing Biden as being unhealthy, but Trump has repeatedly tweeted that Biden has dementia, we should be able to throw it back to him just to, like Rick Wilson and Lincoln Project would do, throw him off guard. And, yeah, and when, they're doing and, you guys yeah, a favor. Do you, because... do you want to win? Is my wait, Real quick, do you want to win or not? And I don't care. I don't care if you're still as conservative as you were. I don't care if the Republican Party is going to go back to just being assholes instead of insane assholes. I just this is dangerous for our democracy. What's happening right now? It's just obnoxious and racist or whatever. Some of your guys policies, I think, before. But it's not like it was dismantling our democracy entirely. And that's what I see happening. I see us losing the country. That does not. Anyway, I don't know. You were jumping in. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, you know. What Lincoln Project, you know, if, if you get me to agree with everything Rick Wilson says on Twitter, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I understand where people are coming from on that. But the point is, and they're very strategic about what they're doing. They're yes. taking shots at Trump <laughs> to provide yes. air cover for Biden so that Biden's people don't have to get their hands dirty doing this stuff. It's like, like it, logical it's very warfare and very smart. When and, you've got somebody who is as psychologically challenged, let's say, as Trump you know, politics is always psychological warfare. And with him, it's that much more important. They got him to dump Brad Pascal, their campaign yeah. manager. I yeah. mean, that stuff like that will set a campaign yeah. back two weeks. And when you're looking down the barrel of 88 days at election or whatever, yeah. when that happened, that matters. To hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the Unprecedented Podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. And with a $5 a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support.